Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to CMO Moves, the podcast that uncovers the human side of game-changing leaders. Hear their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and how they got to become leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. We hope you enjoy their stories, their advice, and take away some tips and inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To CMO Moves Duos, I am Kimberly Evans-Page, EVP and CMO for BET. And I have the amazing pleasure to be sitting with Jason Brown today, who is the CMO at Network. Uh, for those of you who don't know Network, it is one of the coolest companies, I think, to, to have launched in, in the last couple of years. But before I tell you a little bit more about myself, I'd love to turn it over to Jason to uh, let the people know a little bit more about him and, and his background. Awesome, Kimberly. Thank you so much. Very glad to be here with you. Such an esteemed executive in our industry. So thank you for the warm intro. So I guess just a a little bit about me, I definitely took a, a different path than a lot of people. It was definitely very experience driven. And uh, I first would have to give credit to my parents who left the aerospace industry when I was about 13 years old and they decided they wanted to be entrepreneurs and decided to buy a 7-Eleven. They thought that was a great idea. And being able to work in that store taught me more than I ever could imagine. I felt like Daniel's son and the Karate Kid. I'm learning about retail. I'm learning about seasonal marketing, how to work with vendors, how to deal with customer service. And a lot of those lessons that I learned then, I I take to this day. And it definitely also instilled sort of a work ethic that I probably wouldn't have been able to get elsewhere which also put me on a path to where I was I was blessed enough to be able to recognize what my passions were at a very young age. And with that being said, 
I ended up being able to be the youngest intern at Def Jam Records, working with Russell Simmons and Lior Cohen and Jay-Z when he signed his deal with Def Jam. And that led to me working at Sony Music and working with the Fugees and Destiny's Child. And I stayed in this sort of entertainment path, worked for the for a creative agency where we were working with Halle Berry and Quincy Jones back when music videos were a million dollars <laughs> and really being exposed to that space. And then that's when I, I pivoted to television and sports is something that's really important to me. So I had the opportunity to work at Fox Sports, NBC Sports, in addition to Red Bull, working with various clients across the industry. And then I think what really changed the trajectory of my career is when Pepsi got the NBA contract away from Coke and they recruited me and asked if I wanted to lead the launch of that partnership. And, and being that the NBA and basketball is one of my biggest passions and hobbies, it was obviously a no brainer, one of the best experiences I've ever had. And then I got to follow another passion. I'm a super lucky person. I totally understand. I got to follow my passion for sneakers and was hired by Foot Locker. And I took the helm of marketing at Champ Sports. East Bay and Foot Locker, respectively. Each of those banners have their own distinction. I was able to learn that. And then I decided to take a leap of faith and work at an amazing startup where we are immersed in culture on a daily basis. So that's my uh, two cents of where I came from. (laughs) Jason, you have an amazing background and you come across so humble, but I must say, I just felt like a kick to the rib when you announced the whole NBA shift to Pepsi. So, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to, you know, still friends, we're going to have a great conversation, but I just want to tell you, I just had to have a moment. I'll just say you guys um, did a couple of cool things during that time. <laughs> no, um, absolutely. So just a little bit about my background. I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. Really from childhood on, I was always the kid saying, why, but why is that happening? And so it really instilled this kind of insatiable curiosity for me. And it really led to either I was going to be a psychiatrist or end up in marketing because I I just always had this passion around why people do what they do, buy what they buy, like what motivates them. At the time, I didn't know. It was kind of like my parents just looking at me like, okay, here she goes with another set of questions. But at the end of the day, they ended up really fueling it. And so we used to have these amazing conversations around just people in general, and it's still my passion and my core. And then this notion of what is marketing? At the time, I, I didn't know. I was like, what is it? I knew people tried to sell you things. But for me, it was not necessarily about marketing. It was about brands, because growing up in my environment, brands really meant a lot. And so to ultimately to lead a, a brand, a multi-billion dollar brand called Sprite that said, you know, at the end of the day, image is nothing, thirst is everything. It was just a really kind of full circle. But for me, once I started and had the passion around this notion of what is brand building and how do you really build something that's sustainable that people care about above and beyond its function and reason for being, right? And so that was really intriguing. Just some real basic fundamental and foundational skill sets, quite honestly, that I still use 20 plus years later. And so started my career in Cole, Cincinnati, worked on Cascade dishwashing detergent. And I was just as passionate about Cascade dishwashing detergent as I was uh, about beverages after a couple of years. I got the call to come and speak to the folks at Coca-Cola and ended up having a 17-year run there and worked on so many brands, led our indigenous brands, which meant all of these amazing big brands around the world that no one knew about, but just were huge, like Georgia Coffee in Japan to a lot of products that we had in Peru and and Brazil. So that was amazing. But the biggest stint I would say is was running this right business, both nationally and globally. And again, it was so exciting because I think it was 
the first time where you started to realize that a brand that really was committed and wanting to connect in an authentic way to a, to a group of consumers and how that really put a trajectory behind the brand that no investment could ever match. But it was showing up year over year and in support of, obviously at the time, the emerging notion of hip hop. But it wasn't because we were trying to leverage the popularity. It was just so true to what the brand was about. The brand was, at the end of the day, be true to yourself and express yourself. And I will tell you, at the end of the day, we were a soft drink at a dollar, but ended up being in Jay-Z's lyrics and, and Lil' Kim's lyrics. And it just really was a testament to the power of once a, once a brand is lockstep with culture and, and more importantly, doing things to advance culture. I remember a platform that we launched many years ago and, and I put it in beta. I was like the bad kid at Coke. I would do things and never told anyone that we were doing them. But we launched this thing. It was before we even knew you have so many platforms now, but it was called Sprite Poor. And I remember this, it was purveyors of urban reality. And we went out and we hired these young freshmen, sophomore marketing majors, journalism majors in, in all the major cities, gave them like a press pass. And we said, go out and capture culture. Like you guys were on the front lines. And I just remember all of the emerging talent that these kids brought back. But it was such a win because they were on the front lines of culture. They were giving platforms. I remember seeing Bits Mensa like back in the day, little kid in Chicago to K Camp, but they were capturing all these kids. And then it was like, like, oh, they're associated with Sprite. And so for me, it was always over the course of my career, whether it was working on Sprite or other brands, it's like, how do you really advance something that is meaningful and it matters? And that, and at the end of the day, you kind of leave it better than you found it. And so I'm super excited just by way of your history, because it is clear your passion and, and connection and commitment to the culture. So for me, fast forward from beverages to beauty. So these big iconic brands had to really reimagine kind of their business model, because it really wasn't necessarily about the big campaigns. It was really how are you connecting and giving the brand over to these influencers whose voice were, was just as important as these big iconic supermodels, if you will. Now I'm, I'm, you know, a CMO over BT, managing all of our strategy across all of our emerging platforms, which includes not only our linear cable, let me stop being technical, our cable side of the business, to our streaming, to our digital ecosystem, to um, BET Studios, which I'm super proud of. We just launched uh, BET Studios almost a year ago now, but it's a B2B play where we're making content in partnership with uh, amazing talent producers, Kenya Barris and others, where we're selling that content directly B2B. So we're selling it to Hulu, we're selling it to Amazon, and even sometimes we're selling it back to ourselves, BET and Showtime and a number of other brands within our portfolio. So it's a, it's a very exciting time, uh, especially to be in the media and entertainment space. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would have to say, though, is that even if you didn't necessarily get your degree in psychology, I think you would you would agree that emotional connection that you build with consumers is a function of psychology because oh, yeah. you have yeah. to understand what is relevant to your consumer and connect the dots in terms of how your brand can help assist and facilitate with that emotional connection. What matters to them? How can you participate in that conversation and nurturing the relationship? And what's so funny about that is as soon as you think you understand that consumer, it's on to the next one, right? Because Absolutely. 
the evolution and the change in this consumer, like we all know as marketers, like the importance of the consumers and being very serving of those consumers. But I think what we're experiencing is this amazing evolution as, as, especially as senior marketer executives, you've got to be able to look around corners. Like it can't, you just can't, it's no longer enough just to be on trend. You have to say, okay, where is this thing going and how do I position, you know, my company and brand to be at the forefront at of it. And it's so interesting because we were just talking about this the other day in the sense of your consumers today may not be your consumers of tomorrow. And how do you really understand that, that movement and journey that they're on? Because that may not be your consumer in the future. It's like DJ Khaled, yesterday's dollars are not today's dollars. And so we're constantly trying to look at, I think as a great example about that is many, a couple of years ago, there was a huge shift with consumers. They were like, I want to use things. I don't want to own. And so that notion of shifting from usage to ownership. So imagine all those people and the car industry and homes and all of that stuff. And, the, and this younger generation was saying, I want to use it. I don't want to own it. That's a huge shift, right? And a lot, and really has just, so many companies have had to rethink their business model in terms of what is their product. So it's just I really mean, interesting. Whether it's product, whether it's service, but to your point, society is just changing so fast. And to your point, I think there's almost two avenues, right? Like you definitely want to make sure you're, whether you're doing ethnographies, whether you're doing research studies, you can understand what's happening now, but simultaneously to your point, you have to parallel path the trend forecasting to understand, okay, if it does take me six months, eight months, 12 months to even make this product, what is going to be relevant at the beginning of 2023 or second quarter, 2023? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember when uh, years ago at Coke, I was working in a group called Ventures and Emerging Brands, and we were tasked with all the headwinds that the soft drink uh, industry was having. We were tasked with where's the future? Looking at these high growth spaces, really trying to say what's the size of the prize? Once we found some of these really cool spaces said, do we build it? Do we buy it? Or do we partner? And so there was a huge mergers and acquisition component to it. But I share that to say that I remember a very vivid conversation saying people will want salad in a bottle. Like we didn't know what to call it. We didn't know like fresh, fresh juice was even a term back then. We just said people will want salad in a bottle or they'll want turmeric and kale and all these things that people are like, oh my God, no way. We're in a very dynamic and fast competitive marketplace. And while I love the rear view perspective, when we assess what we've done, I'm like, okay, yeah, let's assess it. But then what's the next step? And so I think really looking at all of our insights and our dashboards and our infrastructure that we currently have that says it's great to evaluate things, but what, what, what is our approach and the tools that we have to really be more future forward? And I think that's a lot of the things that we've been talking about at Viacom CBS. So Jason, as you think about the road to CMO, obviously you've come up and around and all of these things, like what now you're in the spot, like any, what's like a big surprise? Are you feeling it? You enjoying it? Like, yeah, just talk a little bit about your road. For sure. So obviously gave my pass. I think I, I hate using cliches, but sometimes cliches are just, they make so much sense. And I think that enjoying the journey and just adopting that mindset because there's obviously infinite trials and tribulations but there's also just amazing experience and learning throughout the way and I think from an experience standpoint I remember one time I was taking a helicopter to Baldface Mountain in Canada for one of the best snowboarding events in the world and I remember riding in the helicopter 
like, wow, I'm actually going to work today via <laughs> helicopter. But then in the same token, we've had millions of fires where we might have a an issue with a product or messaging and have to put fires out or issues with talent. The talent did something crazy and they're tied to <laughs> this campaign that's going to be coming out. Those are all things that you just take into consideration as it relates to enjoying the journey. But I think what's been most important for me as well is not realizing the people that I would work with would become friends who I now also consider family. And I think what I also, as I've gotten older in my career that I've started to adopt as a responsibility is how am I contributing back to culture? Because I would not be here without culture, without watching Michael Jordan commercials, without enjoying those Sprite commercials, music, entertainment, all of these things have put me on a path to be where I am now. And I've also had tons of mentors and whether it be through the campaigns that network has on a regular basis and the talent that we deal with that network, how we express ourselves through cultural moments, that's been something that I've begun to prioritize more and more is how do I now change the trajectory of me now contributing and giving back as much as I was given to throughout my career. Yeah. No, I love that. I think definitely in the same space and probably started that transition about 10, probably 10, 15 years ago, quite honestly. And, I, and it was really an unlock for me for a variety of different reasons. But I started thinking about this notion of what does it mean to really market with a big M? And I've talked about it a lot, but it is when you do something that's meaningful and it matters, it'll move the metrics, right? Versus the metrics are the forefront and then you try to figure out. But my 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 orientation is, no, let's do something that's meaningful and it matters. And I think we're now even seeing that even more so in the marketplace. I fundamentally believe people buy products, but they join brands. And a lot of that is driven by this real authentic connection because what we're trying to do, obviously the art and science of marketing, but at the end of the day, we're storytellers. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to win hearts and minds. And oh, by the way, now go consume this product, but not go consume it because I'm selling it to you, but go consume it because you feel like it is of service to you. And I'm super excited about that and the role as CMOs in terms of really ensuring that is a way of operating and and it guides our decisions and how we show up and partnerships that we choose to take because it is something. And I think for me, even doing that in in, in the software areas, well, what do you mean? Like you want to do something that matter? I was like, yeah, we have to do something that at the end of the day, when we pack it up, like we've touched someone in a meaningful way. And I think that is what is required of brands today. And I think we have to figure that out, not to be opportunistic as opportunities come up, but really saying, what is the DNA of my brand? And what does, what makes sense? for the brand by way of what we care about and what our consumers and and fans care about. And I think that is that alignment that when you start to put something out, it feels authentic. Because I think we've all seen when a brand will hop onto a cause, you're like, no, 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 no. It just, it doesn't feel authentic. And especially these younger consumers, they, they get it. And when you make those mistakes, I think you have to come forward really quickly and say, we made this mistake and you pivot and try to make it right. But if you've got the right people at the table. And for me as a CMO, I'm constantly looking for talent that one super, super smart, because I want everybody on my team to be much smarter than me, but they get it. They have such a passion for the audience that we serve. They have such a passion for culture. 
And, and so when those two things align, like the, the big ideas don't stop, it's just it's because you have that congruence and that alignment. And so that's the exciting thing for me as a CMO is to see young talent come in and try to give them some of those basic training and foundational things, but also see the energy, the passion, the challenge, the pushback in the sense. And, and that's how we get to consistently great. So it's an exciting time to be in marketing for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I think Completely agree with every single thing that you just said. And I think what's similar but different about network is the fact that we're much different type of platform than BET and Viacom, obviously. The mantra that we use at network is the fact that we don't just sell products, we empower creators. And the creative community in which we deal with is quite large, and we think it's the best in the world in terms of how we curate that. We have everyone from Takashi Murakami, who's one of the biggest global creators in the world. But in the same token, we just did a campaign with Chantel Martin, young woman of color, super amazing talent. So not only do we get to work with her in terms of being able to share her expertise and skill set via an exclusive product on network, but then also putting her on a billboard in Midtown, New York City, for millions of people that would never have seen her otherwise, see her on a daily basis. And one of the things that I really aspire to at network is for it to be a place where a young person can see someone like Chantal on network and say, I want to be like her. I want to be on network. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think really helps fuel us is that we want to share the work of this amazing creative community and then also simultaneously inspire that next generation of people that may or may not have thought they could be that person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. For people who may not know the specifics, because what you guys are doing is so smart, can you speak a little bit to how it works? So what's special about network is we are a live streaming platform. And what we're doing is merging entertainment and commerce. So we're working with the best creators in the world to create exclusive coveted products for hyper rabid fans across traditional art, comics, trading cards, apparel. And now we're also in the NFT space as well. So not only are we working with these amazing creators across the world, we're also working with some of the world's best brands. We have digital festivals on a monthly basis, which are the pinnacle expression of one of those categories that I had just mentioned. We had one in December called Beyond the Streets. It was hosted by Jay Balvin. Roger Gassman was the curator. You had everyone from Cleon Preston with these amazing, beautiful sculptures to a legendary photographer like Estevan Oriol from East Los Angeles, who shot the culture for 30 plus years. And what's great is it all comes to life via the via episodes, which range from we'll call it five to seven minutes. That exclusive coveted product is only available during that time frame. So it really creates a lot of hype and demand and excitement. And when you get a chance to go on the live stream, not only are you engaging with the creators, you're in the chat talking to other people, you get to ask the person, what was the inspiration here? But it's one of the most amazing journeys I've ever been on. I think we're just really excited in terms of how we've, the success we've had thus far and how we are able to also give back to the creative community and deliver that experience to our consumers on a regular basis. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I've missed out on a couple of things, so I, I need to get my timing better. Know, <laughs> next, next I've got to get my timing better. 
No, it's super exciting. We actually did a, a really small pilot with you guys when you first launched, but I think we've got some big opportunities. We should connect and talk about we what, we can, what we can drop for the BT Awards and some of our big tentpole moments, but it's super, super exciting. And I, I love, I just love the spirit of it. Really cool. What's your perspective on your overall strategy by way of community management? How are you building that community given one that you guys are fairly new? How, what is your kind of community management kind of approach and model? I think it's really, I think it's very similar to yours in the sense of it's really about curation. Mm -hmm. It's about curation in the sense of understanding what we think is important to culture, art, and creativity, and then also simultaneously making sure that we are on the pulse of what's important to our consumers as well. And I think you'd probably agree as well. At the end of the day, BT, you guys are also curating what you guys think matters to consumers as well, whether that be short form content, long form content, events, things of that nature. And I think one of the things that's probably made it so challenging is the fact that an individual in Dallas, Texas could also be a curator with half a million followers and a lot of people go to them to understand what's important in the creative and right. art space. So right. I think it's really important for us as it relates to maintaining that level of consistency as it relates to curation and ensure that we're delivering the experiences. And by virtue of that, we hope that not only will we satisfy our existing consumers, but it will also grow our consumer base as more and more people are being exposed to what we have to offer on a daily basis. So just curious if your thought is different than that at all. No, no, it's spot on because I do think part of it, to your point, I think great brands get that and they really have an openness to turning the brand over a bit. And I think for us, we're in this really unique space as as we've celebrated 42 years of our anniversary. But if you think about Bob Johnson and why he started BET from the beginning, there was this space and agency for us to just be as Black people. Like when we couldn't be even seen on some of these other channels and networks. It wasn't even a gap. It was a solar system Black hole. Right. It did not exist. You know, as you think about creating the space for to be seen, heard, celebrated, to have real conversations about things that were happening through the lens of our personal experience. A lot of those conversations, sadly, are still some of the same conversations we're having today. But having said that, I think what's beautiful about it all is as we look back and think about from executives that have walked the halls at BET to mega stars who first got their first stage at BET. You know, so it's pretty amazing to your point of how do you use this platform to advance and catapult someone's career? And I think for us brands and really knowing that, and I think we've been so intentional. And so even when we have award shows, we're going to honor the legends and we're going to honor the emerging. And I think brands have to really have that delicate dance of being on the pulse of what's happening and who's hot and who's emerging. But we know our legends sometimes don't get the flowers. Even when Prince passed, everybody was waiting for, let's wait for the BET trip because there was confidence that we were going to, we were going to do it well and do it right. And so we take a lot of pride in that. I think for us, we've always operated in this dual space and definitely we're a content company. We deliver experiences, but the second piece of our why is really rooted in changing outcomes for our community. We were looking probably last year at the, the number of hours of black content that has come into the market, which I 
I think is great because I think it really underscores the fullness of our experience, the fullness of who we are. We often say there's definitely more than one way to be Black. We often say, while we applaud a lot of it, it's, yeah, you want our rhythm, but you don't want our blues. Like when something happens to the community, where are you? And we can't separate the two. And for my why of joining BET was, was really rooted in that, really feeling a deep sense of responsibility and obligation for this iconic brand, not only what it's done in, you know, the last 40 years, but what will it do in the future? And like I said, the standing up the studios where our content partners get equity, value creation in a real and material way. Those are the things that allow me to sleep well at night. And obviously on the heels of two years of record performance for the brand, it's working. And I think, yeah, we're super, the team is tired. (laughs) Let's say first we're tired. Our results have clearly been a point of pride. And we've just got so many more exciting things um, to do. And for me, it's like partnerships. I've always been a marketer that has really believed in strategic partnerships because that's where the one plus one equals three. And we know that's really relevant for our for our audience, when you talk about collabs and these limited edition drops, keeping it hot, having that constant renewed excitement that you can bring to the brand. And I that's why I just, when I saw the network model, I was like, oh yeah, they're getting ready to kill it. <laughs> uh, so thank you to what you're saying, because I also think it's applicable to both of us as well. And you referenced it in terms of affecting and influencing outcome. If you look at politics over the past 20 years, even local elections have started to become much more important, right? And some of these local elected officials are celebrities in their own. And even when you take into consideration how important to the younger generation and just, I think, society overall in terms Mm -hmm. of things that are happening in society. So for instance, when when George Floyd happened, Takashi Murakami, who I referenced earlier, he said, hey, how can we contribute in some way together? So long story short, we had a conversation, create an exclusive product, and we ended up raising a million dollars for the movement, just galvanizing, coming together. And again, I think that goes back to responsibility, accountability. And that's, even if it's not always a million dollars, like that's something that should complement all the other things that you're doing that we both do on a regular basis. But I just wanted to to throw that out there as well. Yeah, no, I think that's real. And we're not waiting for an internal document that says this is important to us as a strategic imperative. And I think similar, I'll never forget probably eight days in the pandemic within the the first uh, week of the pandemic, we knew our community was going to be hard hit. Like we didn't have to wait on the reports. It was basically, it was three things. You said, okay, you can work from home. 20% of our population can't work from home. Well, if you've got existing conditions, oops, well, there's another one because we know a lot of the medical pre-existing conditions. And then you layer on living in environments. And so we, as even a leadership team said, oh my gosh, like, we've got to do something and really stood up our, one of our platforms, which is called Saving Ourselves. We've done it many times, whether it was Katrina or in Haiti, but we said, and it's 12 of us on the leadership team and said, what are we going to do? And I remember the 14, 15 hour days, literally everyone just picking up the phone, picking up the phone, calling people, applying for grants. No one told us to do that. We were still doing the day to day. That's what we did. And in about you know 10 days, we raised about $20 million, but we sent it directly to 44 organizations that were on the front line serving this community. And thankfully, by the time we were already up and running, that's when the first report started coming out saying, oh my gosh, people of color are being disproportionate hit. And at the end of the day, all of our efforts were still rooted in what we do. We, we started packaging uh, performance, started calling artists, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg even was on, but that was our uh, first bat at a package show because of course nobody could produce anything. And time and time and again, Connie Orlando and her team, like the BT Awards 
has been better since the like the package experience has just been better and just refreshed and reimagined. And there's going to be so many things that, you know, as we ultimately open up, if you will, I really believe it's still going to always be this hybrid approach because there was a lot of good stuff that it happened in this in these kind of constrained environments that really push creativity. It pushed clarity on what was important. And so I think as marketers, it's, these are the moments in the times where we really stand up. And so I've been um, outside of obviously all the trauma and that our world is experiencing. I've seen like my marketing team just think about things differently, very different than they would have done two and a half years ago. It was like, no, let's do it that way because we've always done it that way. Now it's, no, let's think about it this way. And it's innovative and it's different. And, and that's, that's part of the secret sauce, quite honestly, in terms of how we're growing. Absolutely. So Black History Month, how are you thinking about this time? What does it mean to your team? Any, anything special you guys are doing? I think what's great about Black History, and it's funny, so when we sent out our, our press release, I had a quote that said something to the effect, although Black History is ubiquitously global year round, right. we're excited to celebrate these young up and coming black creatives for black history month set the precedent with that right like right, exactly. we know that it's always right you know, right continuous. but what's beautiful is you have infinite ways in which you can celebrate it right whether you are celebrating the past whether you are celebrating the future whether you're celebrating what's happening right now but just given our position within creativity we decided to take a couple of lanes and and one of those lanes is that We chose four up-and-coming creators who we thought were amazing trailblazers across different categories, agency brand owner, apparel brand owner, in addition to a musician. And we told these stories of legacy, education, Mm. wellness, and we wanted, because we basically asked them what's important to them. Mm -hmm. So we have a video series that's going to be going live all month, but then we also have daily product drops with some of the best Black creators in the world. So everyone from Wale, who's dropping a product. We have uh, Sharon Barber, who makes these amazing travel cases, all the way to someone like the the Bad Brains, the the band who is a myth, the legend, and tons of different other types of creators in between. So it's a combination of the content, daily product drops, but then also just... Given what happened a few months back, we are donating a scholarship to the Virgil Abloh Postmodern Scholarship Fund as well. Virgil, someone I had a a personal relationship, but someone who also just really influenced the world. And he also had a, as everyone knows, he put his thumbprint on not only what Black creativity is, but just creativity, period. So if we could also, by virtue of our donation, as I said earlier, inspire some other young person and help put them on the path to be the next Virgil or the next Chantel Martin or all the other people that I mentioned, that's what Black history meant to us for this month. Yeah. How about you guys? Yeah, it's very similar. We serve Black 365. There's probably (laughs) an extra day in there, 366. That's just who we are. And but what to your point, you have this moment in time where you do want to ensure that, again, to your point, you're exposing the broader community to people and subject matters that perhaps you had not, we've not discussed before. So it's a very future forward look that we're doing this year. Many, of course, there's obviously time to reflect on the past, but we're really being intentional about the future. And so the whole thematic is this notion of history is happening now because it really is. We're just like in, in an amazing time and moment where we think about a 
all of the advancements and, and some really cool people who are doing amazing things. So we're using our platform, whether it's getting into 77 million homes through our linear to our streaming to our entire kind of digital ecosystem to really elevate and expose uh, a lot of people to your point who may not have had that opportunity before. So we're super excited. We're doing a really cool um, thing around Black art. I think Black art is having an amazing ride. We launched our new Viz ID last June as part of the BET Awards and the entire inspiration around that. It's, it's called a blank black canvas. And it is this notion of creative black expression happens here. And the canvas moves, it's fluid because that's who we are as people. But again, the okay. spirit of it was to, to give it over. And so we've given it over to roughly about 10 artists. And so we've done these beautiful murals all over in, in our top 10 markets and captured these beautiful stories. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful stories from these emerging artists. And for us, it's we, we all know the, the bigness of what black art is going through. It starts from the street, from the ground. And to see that some of these street artists doing just beautiful work that could stand up in any gallery around the world. And, and so where, we're excited where will everybody be able to, well, will the people in the markets be able to actually go see these pieces? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So it's been a lot of Instagram. Obviously we've got the content on our, on our site, a micro site, but I don't want to stop. I think over a period of time, as, as I think about the curation, we'll be using that for some of our consumer products and some of this, this, this licensing of some of this, the imagery. But I envision in the summer having this amazing gallery where these artists can come and convene and share their stories. And again, it just, it's that 360 kind of liquid and link. I think we, we all know the Swiss Beats and the Pharrells. They're huge art <laughs> like collectors. And so we're trying to figure out like, where is that connection between talent and their love of art and being exposed to some of these young emerging artists. So more to come there, but I'm super excited about the specific pillar that we have about young emerging. That's beautiful. I can't wait to see all of it. And to to your point, I think that's another thing that's really interesting about marketing. And as we talk about being on the cusp, but art has just become so much more important, I feel, in terms of where it was before. And hopefully you saw it, but we just did a really amazing art campaign or art partnership. So Interscope celebrated their 30th anniversary. Mm -hmm. And I think we all know from Tupac to Lady Gaga to 50 Cent, Dr. Dre, just culture changing artists and albums. And what we decided to do, and this is all credit to Jimmy Iovine, who was the curator and put this together. But we basically, they basically married some of Interscope's best albums with some of the best artists in the world. So think Kahinde Wiley reimagining a Dr. Dre album. Think of Damian Hurst reimagining an Eminem album. Think of Cause reimagining a Snoop Dogg album. And what we did, or what we did together, they pretty much led everything though. The art pieces actually are in a gallery at LACMA. Oh, yeah. We actually had these limited edition vinyl sets that came in a cliche. There were only a hundred of about each release. They were signed by the artist and we were able to have Swiss Beats host the episode on network and were able to deliver just like a once in a lifetime and experience yeah. for our consumers. So I just love how art is becoming more important to culture. Yeah, yeah absolutely. In art and yeah. just really excited about what that future looks like in the art space. Yeah, and you know, oftentimes out of these moments of prolonged, chaos and confusion, art is what stands up, right? Because it's the best form of self-expression in so many ways. And so 
I think we're just on the tipping point. I can't wait to see what's going to happen by way of art over the next three to five years because everyone has something to say and, and want to express themselves. And so whether it's coming on the heels of the Harlem Renaissance, I think this is just this moment in time right now, we're going to look back and say, oh my God, the amazing art that came out of this time. We've mentioned obviously the times that, we're, that we are experiencing and obviously now going into three years. How are you thinking about the health of your team? So for me personally, I think the everything that happened in 2020, I would, I'll say this, pre-2020, I was very much of the mindset, this is what we have to do, no matter what is happening in the world, no matter what's happening in your life, we are about business, we get things done no matter what. I just, the, from the way that I was raised to the work ethic that I have, that was the mindset and I and through the course of 2020 and everything that happened and transpired, I became much more empathetic as a lead as a leader, much more of a servant leader and ensuring that I take the time to understand how my team is doing individually, because you never know you, you already never know what's going on in someone's life. And I think 2020 just exacerbated that. Yeah. And I've made it a much more conscious effort to understand from a personal standpoint, how they're doing, where I can help making sure that they know that or making sure they feel supported. And then also to just being more conscious of my own mental, emotional, physical health. And I think just that overall level of consciousness gives everyone a sense of community and support, yep. which yep. would then enable all of us to engage and perform better as a team. So I think that was probably the biggest difference for me personally, the past maybe 24 months. Similar, I think for us, again, by way of what we do, where whether it was on the heels of the George Floyd murder, or we just felt like every day it was something like Every day it was something. And when you wake up and you look at the Zoom and everybody looks like you, you can feel the pain, but yet we're still trying to push through um, and do our jobs and, and do them well. But we started taking those moments where it was just like, hey, what are you feeling? And it was real. The conversations were real. And I think just opening up that moment to talk, I think it really, really released a lot, especially on my creative side of the team. There's a lot of really young people on that team living in very small, tight apartments in New York. And we all know how hard hit New York was out the gate and just giving them a moment just to relax and breathe. And many weren't on camera. And I would say, just come on for a second. Let me lay my eyes on you. You can go off. That was like the mama bear in me, but I would send like little care pack, sometimes big things, sometimes small things, but just to let them know, like we were caring. I'm like, if you need to tap out, take a couple of days. Like we started literally, it was almost like we were like on a, having a, a residency at a hospital because like, again, these long hours and, and it was like, okay, you go sleep for it for a little bit come back and we were just tag teaming. But I, I tell you, when we look back at the results and the amazing kind of years that we've had, it was it was a point of pride and it really brought us together closely as a team. But at the same time, there the sense of collaboration increased. But I tell them, don't be a Zoom zombie. You know, don't sit here for six and eight hours. I, I need to do better myself. I try to encourage okay. because that in and of itself, you got to get up, you got to step away. But I think I try to model taking vacation days and, and going away because you, you got to. And so it's been, again, every day at one point was just feeling like it was just way too much. But I think we have, we've gotten a bit into a rhythm, but I think that prioritization was everything for us because it was stop doing that. That's not important. Like mm -hmm. that's activity. Definitely. That's not impact. And so we really went through the rigor of saying, 
I know we've been doing this for four years. It, it doesn't move the needle. Just stop. It's just activity. But I think as leaders, it was really trying to help them prioritize on what was most important. And the rest, nobody's been like, what happened to that report you guys used to do? We don't know. <laughs> Nobody exactly. looked at the report anyway. Like, just exactly. stop. So I think that's been helpful, just really prioritizing and really focusing on the things that matter. And then taking vacation time. Absolutely. I need to do a better job at that for sure. You do. You do. Because they watch you and you know that, like, they watch you. And so, yeah, you have to do that. To your point, as as challenging as these times were, just the lessons learned hopefully will just not only impact the, the balance of our life, how we do business for the better, make us more, not only just more efficient, but just have a better quality of work and personal life as yeah. well. Yeah. At, yeah. at the end of the day, that's what really matters. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny because a lot of people talk about this notion of balance. I've never bought into that principle of balance. I really haven't. Um, and I'm not even trying to be provocative. I've just never really bought into it. I just, I know what's important for me. If my family will always come first. <laughs> so first and foremost. So what I try to do is have things li- live in harmony. If these things can coexist, in a way, and sometimes work is just going to have more attention because that's the place that I'm in right now with work. My family knows that and we just coexist and we live in harmony. But yeah, it's I'm real clear. Well, so you were lucky to be, in essence, maybe balance is just in your DNA. So yeah. it's nothing yeah. you had to practice because it's already embedded within you. So Legacy is not what you leave, it's how you live. And I want people to say when she lived, she was a person that was really compassionate. She did things that really mattered to her community. All of those things are important to me. Some of the decisions become really easy. Some of them a little bit harder, but most of them become pretty, pretty easy. Agree. Agree. Yeah. Family, yeah. family that's, yeah, there's yeah. No, no, nothing to think about. And you get cool stuff. So that's like when I was doing all the LeBron and Drake stuff, the, my son was like, oh yeah, this is the cool stuff. This is. Yeah. When, do, when, when is the shoot? When is the shoot? <laughs> right, exactly. Are we going to Atlanta? Exactly. To- <laughs> that's one of the perks of being able to work in, in the culture space. So if time and money were not an issue, instead of being a CMO, I'd one, I'd have a studio where I could empower young artists, whether they are a visual artist, whether they are a musician, whether they're a director, and enable them to get their work out into the world, no matter how much money it made and help them tell their story. The other one, which is more selfish and personal, is I'd probably be a photographer that traveled the world. I can see that for you. I can absolutely see that for you. Yeah, my mindset in, in two spaces, if, if I weren't in this space, I would own a vineyard. I would mm-hmm. own a vineyard. I, I love, I've one, just been such a, a student of wine for 20 plus years, but I love the experience of wine. I love walking vineyards. I love what happens over an amazing bottle of wine, like the conversations, the experience. I think I would own a vineyard and it would be very small and quaint. And I would invite, you know, people over to have these amazing conversations. And I was close at one point. I was really close. And, and so that, I think that's going to be that chapter for me in terms of the last one. The other thing, very similar to Jason, I so enjoy being around uh, young girls in the sense of listening to them, being a part of their journey. I probably mentored way too many, but I promise you that is what keeps me energized. That's what keeps me optimistic about the future to see some of these young ladies and what they're doing and how they're just pushing the boundaries in a way. And so to be able to formal, formalize that support of them would be just very fulfilling for me. And so that would be the other thing, some connection. And I am involved in a number of organizations, but to be able to focus and solely do that will really be, I think, uh, really exciting. 
Absolutely. And I would definitely come visit you at the vineyard. <laughs> you are there on the list. Bring me uh, one of those limited uh, edition kind of drops. <laughs> no problem. But I just want to salute you and the team and because you guys are really doing amazing things. Anything you want to close out and and say as we, we wrap up? No, I want to say the same exact thing to you. Congratulations, because I not only have, like I said before, have you guys been an institution, but to see you guys evolve and progress and continue to push the culture forward unapologetically. That's just speaking as a person of color. We only have so many of those institutions. So yeah. hats off to you guys and the entire BET team and Viacom for supporting you guys. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. And again, one day I'm going to, I'm going to hit you after this. I'm like, what's the next drop happening? (laughs) (laughs) Not to be self-serving, but again, I just, I, I really applaud. Um, The team is amazing. And uh, yeah, we've already started some conversations around the BET Awards in June. So look forward to working with you. But again, some of the people that you guys are working with to be able to give them this platform at this scale is really to be applauded. So again, congratulations on all of the amazing work that you're doing. Thank you very much. We, the whole entire team appreciates it. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Kim. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And we hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we'd love your help in sharing CMO moves with one of your friends or colleagues. And please also be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. Better yet, leave us a review while you're at it. Thanks again. And we'll catch you next time. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.